The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. Facebook and Twitter. And it oh, says wow. it says it says we're live. So I I uh I Let's go. live now. Congratulations. Welcome everybody. Welcome everybody to the first ever, ever, at least for Sons of Saturday live stream podcast. Um my name is Billy Ray Mitchell. I'm joined by Ed Williams as well from Sons of Saturday and Boiler Express shot us a DM. I slid into the DMs. It slid into the DMs and they said, look, let's do a podcast together. I was fired up. I was like, let's do it. Let's let's fire away. And then today, my guy Damon said, hey, look, we're going to do it live. We're going to do this live. And here we are for the first time doing a podcast live. And we are here to to preview the Purdue-Virginia Tech game. And like popcorn, like the first day at work, first day at kindergarten, We'll all do some introductions, maybe bring a fun fact, and um, we'll go around the horn. So I'll start. Billy Ray Mitchell, Virginia Tech, class of 2018. Played football from 2014 to 2018. Been running uh, Sons of Saturday along with Pat and our supporting group and Ed, who covers basketball primarily since 2019. Fun fact, I've lived in like nine different states in the last 18 months. Ever since COVID happened, got in my truck, drove around. I'm actually, for Virginia Tech people, I just moved to Atlanta today. So uh, for all my Atlanta Hokies, hello. Uh, and I'll go ahead and I'll popcorn it over to uh, to Ed. Oh, Billy kind of did my entire intro for me, but Ed Williams, 2019 Tech grad, uh, Hokie Hoops primarily. And my fun fact is one of those many places Billy Ray lived was in my house. <laughs> Nice, nice. Well, uh, my name is Damon, or on Twitter, I'm the Ultimate Boiler, uh, one of the hosts of the Boiler Express podcast. We've been doing this for about a year now. Um, I didn't go to Purdue, but love the Boilermakers. My grandpa is a season ticket holder since 1985, so he's seen all the ups and downs and in-betweens of Purdue football. Um, absolutely love the Boilermakers. Uh, I would say probably one of my most favorite memories of uh, Purdue football in recent times is uh, probably everybody's answer that they're thinking of. Uh, which is the 2018 uh, game against Ohio State, you know, beating them 49 to 20, rushing the field. Uh, the Tyler Trent story, all of that was uh, just incredible. Um, but we're excited. The The boys were all go- coming out to Virginia Tech, so we'll be in y'all's neighborhood uh, this weekend. It'll be a great time, and uh, thanks for having us on. What's going on, everybody? Dylan Kuhn from the Boiler Express podcast. Uh, didn't go to Purdue, but been uh, – what was my first football game? I was six months old, fun fact. Uh, my dad – uh, raised me to be a boiler. Thankfully, uh, I live in Ohio, so I could have easily been one of those Buckeye nerds, but I'm not. Thankfully, uh, fun fact about me: we just talked about a pre-show. I own five horses, so uh, a lot of money. Anyway, so uh, yeah, appreciate you guys <laughs> ha- 
happy to ha- happy to be on. Well, you can't leave out the most fun fact. How do you measure horses? Because I didn't know. By some of our way. Virginia Tech people probably know this, but how yeah. do you measure horses? See, we're from our areas are a lot, you know, the same. Literally by hands. One hand, boom, and that's your horse talk for this evening. So he comes on and he says, hey, look, I got a horse, which is one hell of an introduction. And he says, yeah. it's going to be about 17 hands. I was like, does that mean it requires 17 people to take care of it? What exactly? <laughs> it literally means hand to hand. So fun fact, fun fact of the day there, boys. That's right. Uh, so I guess I'm next. Uh, my name is Russ Johnson, uh, lifelong Purdue fan. My parents went there, actually met there, so I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Purdue. Um, did not go myself, went in the military, moved all the way out to San Diego for a little, a little while and back in Indiana now and trying to go to as many games as I can. And because I'm actually in the southern Indiana, the Louisville area kind of, my favorite Purdue memory is my dad coming down for the Sweet 16 Elite Eight run that ended heartbreakingly against one of y'all's rivals, the Virginia Cavaliers. Um, but those two games between Tennessee and then Virginia were probably the, two of the greatest basketball games I've ever witnessed in person, both of them in overtime, both packed arenas, feeling like deaf and hoarse when you came out of those. So um, I'm kind of like the history guy on our podcast. They make fun of me for being old, but I'm really only born in 89. Uh, Dylan's just a young kid. He's born in like 01, <laughs> 02. So, 96, um, thank you, but okay. Um, yeah, I love I love sports history. I just love backgrounds. I love stats, that kind of thing. I'm not as good at stats as the next guy, but I love that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And with that, my name is Frank Matthews, a uh, member of the Boiler Express podcast for about a year now. Uh, I'm really into sports and analytics. That's kind of my area of specialty on the podcast. Uh, fun fact about me, I got married on top of a mountain in British Columbia. So, cool stuff. Cool By the way, his name is big, his nickname is uh, Big Brain Frank because he's got a big old brain. So whenever you see him out in Virginia Tech, just yell Big Brain and he'll know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what a crew that we have today. So we're going to go down uh, starting off. It's not necessarily hokey history. Um, you could call it the Boilermaker biography and hokey history. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about the not so extraneous history of the Purdue Boilermakers and uh, Virginia Tech Hokies. So Virginia Tech and Purdue have only matched up one time, and it was one of the weirder games in recent memory. It was in 2015. The Hokies were two weeks removed from Michael Brewer breaking his collarbone. A lot of people remember the clip. Michael Brewer saying, you're going to have to hit me a lot harder than that. After playing an amazing first half, breaks his collarbone, and then, oh my gosh, we play Purdue after Furman. It's going to be the Brendan Motley show. I have no idea what to expect. Virginia Tech goes out and scores 51 points. We had a block punt by Anthony Chagag, two touchdowns to Bucky Hodges, 471 yards of Hokies offense, nearly 40 minutes of possession. Again, one of the weirder games that have ever happened, um, at least since I've been watching Virginia Tech. Were any of you at that game? In Dylan, you probably were, were you? I, I was at that game. Yeah, I had season tickets at the time. And that yeah, was no, that was, was actually yeah. a really memorable game for me because it was the moment when I realized that we just aren't a good football program. That was like that was like the definitive moment when we got smacked pretty hard by a power five team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I uh, there's always a future. I wouldn't put that I wouldn't put that label on it yet. Always room, always room for improvement. Sorry to interrupt you, Damon. Oh no, I was just saying, yeah, I I remember uh, those those are the dark times, man. Uh, the Daryl Hazel era at Purdue, Hazel era at Purdue, and um, just a, a time where, gosh, you know, it, it's funny too looking back because like you see your Facebook memories, you see you whatever, 
popping up. And some of those are from like when uh, Daryl Hazel first started. It's like, oh, it's his first year, guys. Give him a break. He's got to build his team. He's got to build the program. And we held on to that for like probably two more years longer than we should have. And at that third year, we were like, yeah, okay. All right. Everybody was right. Whoever at the whoever said that at the beginning, you were right. And uh, we were, uh, it's time to eat our, eat our, eat our shorts or whatever they say. So yeah, it was dark times. And then the only other history we have is on the hardwood and Ed, I'll leave that. I'll leave that to you. I mean, the, the, the history between Virginia tech and Purdue um, you, you can't talk about, you can't not talk about one of the biggest basketball games, the Charleston classic final in 2018. Uh, Virginia tech was uh, poised to be a really good team that year and the year after. And, uh, Tech won that game against Carson Edwards, who was a stud at Purdue. Um, later to go on to play for Billy Ray's Boston Celtics. But Tech won that game 89-83. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker had 25. Justin Robinson had 23. Ahmed Hill had 23. Um, and that was you know the beginning of two straight really good seasons for the Hokies. That's the history. It's matchup number three coming up. Um, and we're going to dive right into the lines for anybody on the live stream, feel free to jump in with any questions or comments and we will discuss them. But as of right now, Purdue sits as three point underdogs coming into lane stadium. The over under is set at 52 and a half and as close as it can possibly be. Our guy, Billy Connolly has the Hokies at 65 and Purdue at 64 in the S and P plus rankings. So as far as storylines go, this is, I think uh, we had somebody write in last week about this. This is probably the biggest home game of Coach Pry's short career. The Hokies are coming off a 36-17 to 17 win over Old Dominion. Virginia Tech is looking to find out exactly what their offensive identity is. Last week did a great job throwing the football, had a slow start in the first and second quarter, uh, opened up the season with scoring uh, with a safety. The center for Old Dominion snapped the ball over the punter's head. And it was 2 nothing at the end of the first quarter. And everybody's like, what is going on? And we found a way to win 36-17. to 17. But per, from Purdue's side, what is the vibe check? What's going on? What's the storylines for you guys going into this game? Yeah, so I think a lot of people are looking at this game as a pretty important one as well for Purdue and, and Coach Walters. Um, the first game, I think a lot of people are putting a lot of eggs in the basket of who we played in the first game by name and conference and not necessarily by actually how good they are. Um, I think Fresno State is a lot better than what people are giving them credit for. Um, I think people aren't realizing that, you know, there was the the tweet that came out about how Purdue paid $1.35 million to get beat by Fresno State. And it's like, yeah, that happened. But we also probably scheduled that game in like 2016 or 17 when they were winning like one to two games a year. Um, and, you know, didn't see that as, uh, you didn't think that they would turn into, you know, the team that they are, uh, this year with coach Walters implementing his new system, his new scheme and everything. Um, I think it's going to be a dogfight. I'm really excited to see how these guys handle, um, the pressure of playing in, in such an intense away environment. Uh, Virginia tech is very well known for just the incredible atmosphere. So I'm excited to see how these guys play. Um, and, you know, I think a common thing that we all talked about in our group chats over the week is, yeah, it was disappointing to lose, but I don't think we took a step back because none of us were really mad that we lost. We were disappointed, but none of us were like, man, we suck. There's, you know, this, that or whatever. It was just like, oh, man, like we just couldn't pull it out. It felt like we didn't really 
we didn't necessarily move up from like last year, uh, but we haven't. I don't feel like we've taken a step back um, from the Coach Brom uh, time either. But that's that's just my kind of thoughts on there. What do you guys think? I mean, yeah, basically everything you said. Um, I'm I'm one that normally takes Purdue losses to heart, and I really wasn't upset. I I, uh, I mean, I didn't feel great. Don't get me wrong, but I, I I felt okay after the game. I just felt like you know it's a first head coach, you know, kind of exercising those muscles. First time OC or a brand new OC, kind of you know figuring things out. And I, I, you know, Walter said he expects there to be a huge leap from week one to week two, and I really hope he's right. Um, you know, that being said, I'm really nervous about this upcoming game, and I'm super excited to uh, go down to Blacksburg and see, as you said, Damon, a dogfight. So all of you are coming to Blacksburg, right? First time, everybody's yep. coming to Blacksburg. First time, yep. super pumped. Know that that Airbnb search was not uh, was not a ton of fun, but I'm glad you guys are all going to make it out. Do you know where you're sitting? uh man the guy that booked the airbnb and bought the tickets is not here tonight so uh, our, our, uh, I know our it's event pretty, planner isn't here yeah it they're pretty good i remember being pretty happy with the the picture of like view from my seat or whatever i think it's like pretty close to somewhere in the midfield i don't know what side but uh yeah it's like it's like 40 yard line Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I'm not exactly sure where we're sitting, but, um, yeah, I think it'll be a great time. So to preview the game, I thought it would be best to do a little self scout, right? I can, it saves me a ton of time on doing research on Purdue. It saves you guys a ton of time on doing research on Virginia tech. So we'll start with the defensive side of the ball. Um, give us a little preview of what's going on with Purdue on the defensive side. Yeah, I think the main thing was that, uh, you know, Purdue's pass rush looked really good. Um, I just thought that Fresno State's quarterback, Mikey Keene, did a really good job of just staying poised under the pressure. Um, you know, in fact, uh, Nick Sorton for Purdue was the third-ranked pass rusher by PFF this past week, uh, which is actually really impressive out of all the um, people who logged, I think, 20% of plays uh, in their game. Um, that being said, the secondary just wasn't great. We played mostly man, um, not a whole lot of zone, and the zone was atrocious. I think they completed every pass they attempted against our zone, which was only 10, 10 plays. Um, so I'll be really curious to see how we go about cleaning that up, how we try to switch things up. But there was one particular DB whose uh, name I won't mention. If anyone wants to check it out, they can look, at, look it up themselves, who was targeted quite a bit. I'll be really curious to see if that carries over as well. But uh, Russ, you were there. What'd you, um, what, what was the crowd's perspective? So the crowd's perspective was, why can't we run the ball and get a yard right out the middle? And then if we can't do that, why do we keep doing that six, seven times in a row? So the the concern was definitely over over Maccabi and him not getting involved in the first half. Um, defensively, I think people were shocked by Dylan Thieneman, to say the least, to have a true freshman lead us in tackles. And it was mentioned going into the game that he was the second fastest kid on our team. And uh, you know, some of that stuff doesn't always translate to the field, but clearly uh, he was because he was basically playing free safety by himself in a one high look most of the game. And he stopped many plays from being home run hitters. And I think he was great for us. The rest of the DBs definitely struggled, um, you know, kind of funneling the coverage either towards Thieneman or just being in the right positions at the right time. And, you know, like Frank said, that's something that's expected to change from this week to next because, you know, week one to week two is supposed to be the biggest jump. And if we don't see that, I think that's when you'll see Purdue fans start to really get worried. So moving on to Virginia, do you guys have anything else on the defense? 
Uh, no, I mean, I love our outside linebackers. I think that's definitely the strong suit of our defense, Kydron Jenkins and Nick Scorton. Um, just two absolute animals, Kydron Jenkins. Uh, he's, you know, I would be terrified uh, seeing Kydron Jenkins walk towards me in a supermarket, let alone running at me full speed and in, in pads. So, uh, yeah, I, I think our I think our outside linebackers are great. Um, I think that's definitely a strong point, and I think that our DBs will continue to improve, like Cam Allen and uh, Sunusi Kane. I think they're gonna, you know, learn this defense because Sunusi Kane in particular is just a fantastic defensive player, uh, just incredible hitter. Um, I think maybe it's I, I don't know if it's just learning this new system, the the new scheme or whatever, but I think we'll definitely see a jump in his play as well. Um, and I know he's kind of nursing an injury right now to his wrist, so hopefully that. It uh, doesn't bother him too much, and he can come out and play this weekend. But, uh, but yeah, I, I hope to, to see that leap as well. Ed Williams talking about the Virginia Tech defense. Let's give a, let's give a little preview of what we think for the defense. Yeah, I thought the um, obvious issue with stopping the run. Uh, ODU had success running the ball all night long, both from the quarterback and from the running back position. Now, the quarterback stuff wasn't exactly designed. It was just broken plays where I'd use quarterback, decided to use his feet, but gave up a lot of yards um, on the ground to ODU, which you would not expect or like to see as a Hokie fan. But um, besides that, I think it was largely fixable stuff, um, run fits and things like that. Coach Pride talked about immediately in the post. Uh, very comfortable thing we can work through through this. The pass is really, really good. played really good games. Power Island, obviously, coming in from Florida as a transfer. Um, Billy, I know this is in my color here on the form, but this is kind of your thing. But if you want to talk about the dudes, you can go ahead and steal that one for a second. No, I mean, the two guys that really jumped off the, 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 TV screen that jumped off the field were Antoine Powell-Ryland, who transferred in from Florida, and Keyshawn Burgos uh, at the defensive end position. I haven't – I said this on our post-game podcast. I haven't seen guys that played for Virginia Tech that have looked like that before. The pass rush was fantastic all night against Old Dominion. Um, so good luck with those two. I'm really excited about the about their future. Um, and, again, it's just – we have not had that type of athlete at, uh, at defensive end for a long, long time. So that defensive end position is uh, is definitely one of the one of the highlights of the defensive uh, side of the ball. Yeah, those two look phenomenal, and hopefully they can build on their week one performance. But the other two guys on defense that really physically stand out to me is guys that we haven't seen at Virginia Tech um, in quite some time are Jaden Keller and Kelly Lawson at the linebacker position. Uh, you guys will all see it in person. Kelly Lawson is a massive, massive dude. And just a tremendous athlete. Um, the, the closest comp I can remember in a Hokies uniform was the way Tremaine Edmonds used to look running around. Obviously, his career turned out pretty good. and He's having a good NFL career himself. But uh, Kelly has that look to him. Hopefully, he develops into that level of player. But he was on the freaks list. He was on was the freaks list. He, he was number 32 on the ESPN freaks list, and they put out the, uh, put out the list. Yeah, he's just he's, – he's a really good-looking athlete. Uh, and <laughs> First Keller, off the bus. Yeah, yeah, great. Looks great off the bus. Uh, Jaden Keller and Lawson at linebacker, I think, are two guys who I'm excited to watch progress throughout the year. A um, little bit of a surprise addition in the linebacker room in Week One was Will Johnson played a bunch. Uh, he finished the game with four tackles, and then Alan Tisdale's a guy who's played a lot of football for Virginia Tech, and he had a couple tackles as well. 
Um, the linebacker room is one that I think will continue to grow under Coach Marv and Coach Pry's leadership. Um, but then probably the highlight of the defense in terms of upper echelon college football talent is the defensive backs. Uh, Monsor Delane and Dorian Strong on the outside of corner are probably as good as it gets um, in terms of the ACC. And maybe, you know, we'll see where they stack up across the country as the year goes on. But in terms of a cornerback duo, uh, Delane was a true freshman last year. He's entering his true sophomore year now. He had three tackles. He doesn't really get challenged much, nor should he. And then Dorian Strong finished the first game with an interception. Um, outside of those two on the outside, uh, I, I think there's a lot there. Good luck throwing against those two. I'll just say that. But then in terms of the safeties, we play a lot of guys in the defensive backfield. You'll notice that. Um, but Nazir Peoples and Jalen Stroman are two that I really wanted to highlight. Steve, uh, Nazir Peoples had five tackles and a pass breakup in week one. He was second on the defense in tackles. And then Jalen Stroman had three tackles, but he didn't even play the whole game. Um, so he, I think he would, would have been poised to be at near the top of that tackles list as well if he had played a little bit more. So uh, the defense is – Definitely something that I was really excited about uh, going into the offseason and starting this year. I thought our defense was better than maybe it looked last year on paper. Um, and hopefully if the offense is a little bit better in terms of staying on the field longer, you'll see our defense take that next step across the country in the national defensive ranking. So I think it'll be a really good test. Uh, Purdue obviously put up a bunch of points in week one. So we'll see what Virginia Tech has in store defensively. We'll shift over to the offensive side of the ball, and we can go first here. Um, the biggest question marks for Virginia Tech are definitely the offensive line and the tight end. Offensive line was great in pass protection. Zero sacks, really zero uh, pressures from Old Dominion in game one. But the run game was much to be desired. We had 109 yards last game, uh, 2.5 yards per carry. And this is with a really solid group of backs uh, with Basil Tootin, Malachi Thomas. We saw some Bryce Duke as well. Um, they just didn't have a ton to work with last game. And then speaking about the tight ends, Nick Gallo uh, had an undisclosed injury going into the Old Dominion game. It was announced today that he had season-ending surgery. Team captain, senior, played a long, long time. It's it's one of those guys who um, kind of like Perry Ellis on Kansas. You're like, how is this guy still on the team? He's been there forever. Um but um, shout out to him. You hate to see that he uh, decided he was going to come back for that extra COVID year and ended up getting hurt. Uh, but Nick Gallo is backed up by get Benji Gosnell, who's a redshirt freshman, and Daquan Wright, who's a sophomore. Both I have, I think, have huge, huge futures at Virginia Tech. They're just really green, and we're really, really short at that position, and also at offensive line too. It's a really, it's it's an okay five, but they got to stay healthy, and I'm um, going to need a better performance on the run game next week as far as wide receiver goes as far as i'm concerned it is one of the success stories as far as the transfer portal goes it went from being the absolute worst unit on the field last year to probably the best unit on the field uh definitely the best unit on the offense um ollie jennings is a stud he transferred from old dominion he crushed us when he was at old dominion he crushed old dominion last week he had five catches for two touchdowns and 72 yards jalen lane is a complete speedster and then you have Daquan Felton, who's another guy, one of those first guys off the bus type of guys, six foot five, 207 pounds. And you watched, I mean, we were from section five, you watched them line up. And I was like, this corner is really small. And it wasn't that the corner was really small. It was that Daquan Felton was really massive. Uh, and he didn't really get an opportunity to exploit that last game. So I think and hope that we're able to get him more involved this week. And then lastly, we'll round it out with quarterback. I think Grant Wells played really, really well. 
was probably his best game in maroon and orange. We got a chance to interview him in our post game uh, last week. He has the arm to make any throw that you want him to make. He had a, it was a little bit of a turnover machine last year. Um, the biggest thing for him is just protecting the football and uh, understanding. He looked really confident. Uh, yes, did he have some overthrows last week? Yes, but he also had a couple of drops. If it, I always say it, if it was a spear, some of the wide receivers would be dead with some of the balls that they uh, they dropped last week. Um, but uh, it's a really, really solid group, and I think they got some of the jitters out, and I'm really excited about his future. One thing to look out for, though, Coach Pry said this going into the season, and he reiterated it in his uh, press conference this week. Kyron Drones, he's a transfer from Baylor. Another athletic freak, strong, fast, large. Um, he was featured early in the game, not to too much success, in primarily like a run package. Uh, and I think that's something that we're going to continue to do. I don't know exactly how those snaps will be dealt out, but it is a little bit of a wrinkle that the offense has uh, for Virginia Tech. So interested to see how that pans out. And uh, with that, we'll shift over to the uh, Purdue offense. Um, yeah, yeah, so, I, so go, go right ahead, Russ. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, um, you know, obviously the the big shock uh, was that first play or the first drive by us when Deion Burks, you know, took that took that ball to the house, and we were like, okay, so Deion Burks is just as fast as everybody talked about in practice. And it was, you know, it was obviously kind of a track meet between Burks and Brooks from Fresno State because they both went for 150 plus and two touchdowns. Um, but again, the disappointing thing was was Mockaby. You know, we were pretty high on him we actually had his dad on the pod last year and he set the freshman rushing record for Purdue last season and so we had we had very high hopes for him and his nickname's crazy legs and that kind of implies that you weren't going to run him just straight up the middle and that's kind of what they were doing in the first half and they finally started to try to run uh some more schemes to get him bouncing outside or at least some outside gaps and that got him you know some more traction and obviously got him what we thought was the go-ahead TD at the time late in the second half um, so that's the biggest thing I think we'll be looking for is, is what our run game will be able to do this this week. And I was kind of encouraged by that, by seeing what ODU did. I was like, well, maybe that's kind of what the doctor ordered. Then we can try to get the run game going. But uh, I was also on another uh, podcast uh, Monday night or Sunday night, um, and I discussed that Hudson Card is probably the best quarterback in the Big Ten West. You know, we've got two or three good guys in the conference between uh, Tungvaloa and Jurelar and uh, J.J. McCarthy, but those guys are luckily all in the eastern half of the conference. But um, Hudson Card was solid. He didn't turn the ball over. The only negative I would say is that he he needs to run the ball a little bit more. He was a little bit timid at, at that, and I think that he might get more unleashed against you all this week. And so I look forward to that, and I look forward to getting our uh, our starting or our second-string center back to hopefully improve some of that, that running up the middle. So. Who would you guys say is the would you guys say the speedster is probably the biggest the biggest key player for you guys on offense? Uh Deion yeah. Burks, no question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and it's like and, and Russ talked about that first uh touchdown of the game. It's not like he had a clear path to the end zone either. Like he caught it and then bumped into like three or four uh defenders from Fresno State and somehow just wiggled out of there. It was like they just couldn't grab a hold of him. Um and then he was off to the races. So yeah, absolutely. Deion Burks is uh, insane. And um, something that it was funny, I kind of went back on it. Uh, I talked about uh, I had some concerns during the game um, because prior to the game, uh, Coach Walters had talked about, you know, uh, 
in previous years, Purdue kind of centered their offense around one or two guys. It was most like last year was pretty much the Charlie Jones show on offense. Um, and coach Walters kind of said, you know, I, our goal is to really spread the ball around. And I was kind of worried in the game during the game that it was going to be the Dion Burke show. And we were just going to move towards that and then kind of struggle to get the ball anywhere else. But looking at the stat sheet, um, I think it was him and maybe Sheffield had four catches as well. Like everybody, it was pretty spread out as far as like, uh, throwing the ball was concerned, um, which I was really excited to see. So I'm glad to see that there's weapons all over the field for Hudson, um, as well. Uh, and yeah, Hudson, it's funny, you know, I was sitting at the game, um, this past Saturday and I think we're all so used to Aiden O'Connell who had to literally throw the ball as soon as he hiked it, uh, 90% of the time, because if Hudson card dropped back and took more than one step, everyone's like, throw it, throw it, throw it. It's like the house was going to burn down or something if, if he didn't get rid of it right away. Um, but I love how poised he is in the pocket as well. So I think, you know, uh, that's the thing that's such a bummer is like we lost last week, but there's so many good highlights. There's so many fun moments from last week too. Um, so if they can keep building on that and continue that, uh, as the season goes on and, and do what they say they're going to do and, and go to the, go to the, the drawing board and, and tweak some stuff. I mean, how can you not be excited? So as far as special teams are concerned, I, I think the one thing that everybody Virginia Tech is looking for this uh, this week is who comes out for the Hokies on punt return and kick return. Last year, our guy, um, White Lightning, really, really excited. Tucker Holloway was electric at punt return. He was electric at kick return. On kick return, we saw him on the front line, and on punt return, we didn't see him until the last punt return of the game. Jalen uh, Lane, Basial Tootin, Malachi Thomas all got their shots. And then um, Tucker Holloway goes in and he takes it 66 yards, almost scores on the last punt of the game. So I'm interested to see if he's back there returning kicks or returning punts. As far as punting goes, Peter Moore, he's a stud, was a freshman All-American. And then he's going into his third year now. And then John Love, he was two for two last game. I have no idea what his range is. We had a couple of opportunities to test it against Old Dominion and we didn't. so that's kind of the lowdown on our special teams. You can say that we had – we did have a blocked partially field goal. It ended up going in, uh, and then we had the safety, which was not at all of our doing. It was a horrible snap by the long snapper at Old Dominion. But he was a freshman, so we'll cut him some slack, cut him some slack. Um, but uh, that's that's as far as it goes with Virginia Tech special teams. Anything of note for Purdue special teams unit? Tyrone Tracy. Tyrone Tracy. Yeah. So he literally, um, if you were at the Purdue game and you got stuck at the concession line too long, you missed the second half opening kickoff return for a touchdown. And I was kind of questioning at the end of the game, Fresno State was already kind of squib kicking the kickoffs. And I'm kind of like, what, what do they know that we don't know? I don't, I don't understand. You know, usually teams do that when there's like a well-known returner. And Tracy kind of showed why in the second half there. And he also had a touchdown rushing the ball. So you know, as much as Deion Burks is the speedster, Tyrone Tracy's going to be kind of a, I think, do-it-all guy for this team, not just the offense, but obviously special teams. So, yeah, I would, I would look for you all to maybe scheme either some sky kickoffs or, you know, some kind of way to kick it away from Tracy um, and any opportunity they have. I think you got to give a huge shout-out to our friend of the podcast, Jack Ansel. Um, we love you, Jack. He's The a Aussie punter. punter. The Aussie punter. I uh, love that dude. So um, he's got a leg on him. He's got a leg. He does. Yeah. So well, one, one thing about that. One one thing about that Tyrone Tracy touchdown. Um, 
you know, it was what 95 yard touchdown. Then we also had an 84 yard um, pass reception for a touchdown. And there's been a lot of talk about time of possession being a huge stat in this game. But, you know, when you take away those two things, that's going to even out time of possession. Um, so that's why I'm not overly concerned about being outpaced so much in time of possession stats. Um, but we we did uh, attempt one 43-yard field goal uh, kicker, Ben, ben Freehill. Uh, unfortunately, it was missed. Um, so we don't really uh, don't really know what to expect uh, from him as he is a new place kicker for us. So moving on to keys for the game. We'll start with Purdue. What are you guys looking for? What is your biggest I feel good about this? What is your biggest I feel horrible about this? Let's go through some keys here. I think for I feel horrible. Um, I don't even know if horrible sorry. I'm just nervous about our secondary, our DBs. Um, seeing what they can, what, how much can you really fix in a week? Um, what can this coaching staff really instill in these guys in a week to kind of curb some of the issues that we were seeing last week? Um, I would say is my biggest fear of the game, but I'll turn it over to somebody else for talking about what they're most excited about or looking forward to. I'm really uh, excited to see if we can stop the run two weeks in a row, um, which uh, I know is kind of one of Virginia Tech's things they want to try to do is actually try to run the ball better. Um, but I know Walters has made it clear that he wants to stop the run. He wants to get the pass rushers going, um, which I feel like we did a good job of again last week. Uh, just the secondary didn't show up. So again, kind of looping back into that secondary, I, I think uh, if we can stop the run, get off the field on third down, that's probably going to be the key. Uh, offensively, I'm not worried about a whole lot. I think we're going to see a little bit more creativity in the run game as well. As far as Virginia Tech is concerned, I think the biggest thing is just continue to protect the football. Uh, Hokies had no turnovers in the last game. We forced three turnovers as well. We had nine turnovers forced all year last year. That is correct. Virginia Tech only forced nine turnovers the entire year last year, which was just not a good stat. Um, but uh, we were able to force three in the opener last week. So uh, continue to protect the football, take the football away. And then my biggest thing, it's my tagline. It's going to be my tagline as long as it is working out. Is to let my guy Grant Wells cook. He's coming off his best game as a Hokie. He has the second best QBR in the ACC. Don't like it. That's the stat. You can look it up. He's got the second best QBR in the ACC. Um, and again, last week, Purdue gave up 371 yards in the air. Um, so I think it's, like you said, the defensive backfield is your biggest question mark. Find a way to exploit that. Um, and uh, we shall see how it goes. But I know Ed has some points basically about um, our identity and what we want to do here. Yeah, I mean, I know the staff really wants to establish the run and that be the identity of this offense and kind of the identity of the team as a whole. But uh, use the pass to soften up the middle and allow you know the running back some space. But if, if Purdue is going to do what ODU did, they're just going to stack the box. And ODU did that all night long and probably talked about it in his postgame presser like, ODU had a lot of guys up by the line of scrimmage, and we need to do a better job of using the wide receivers and their ability to soften up that middle there and be able to run the ball. So I'm hoping we can find ways to get the ball in the hands of Jalen Lane and Daquan Felton and Allie Jennings early and often uh, to create the space necessary for uh, Bayshaw Tootin and Malachi Thomas to get going. So you don't always have to use the run to set up the pass. It can be the in the inverse. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM 
Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. Moving right along here to score predictions. This is a tough one to do because I love I our score defense. predictions. <laughs> I, I love our defense. I think our offense has a chance to really put up some points here this game. We left a lot of points on the field. I think it can. I think you can make the argument that Tech could have scored fifty points if they wanted to last game. Um, I'm going to go with what I said earlier. Um, Ed disagrees because he thinks the defense won't give up this many points, so uh, I can't really argue with him on that. I'm going to go with 42 to 35. I think we're going to see a lot of points. I think we're going to see a lot of throwing the ball. I think Tech's going to throw the ball a ton. Um, if you know, following last week, what you saw, a lot of opportunity out there, getting Daquan Felton involved. Uh, we saw a ton of wide receivers get some burn yet uh, on this past Saturday. So I'm going to go with uh, 42 to 35 Hokies. Yeah, I'm going to go 24 to 20 Virginia Tech. Uh, so as of right now, I think that would technically be a cover. I think the line's still at three. Um, but 24-20 Virginia Tech, I think Purdue's defense will settle in and be a little bit better than they were last week. Uh, I think Virginia Tech's defense is good and will remain as such. Um, I don't think it'll be as high scoring as Billy does, but that'd be a really fun game to watch in person. So I kind of hope Billy's right for that for that piece of it. But yeah, 24-20 Virginia Tech. All right, I uh, I'm gonna go with uh, you know I got to pick my boilers. Um, I think Hudson Card, uh, Maccabee and company are gonna get it going uh, and have a fun time on Saturday. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go 31-20 Boilermakers. So let's see. Uh, as you can see, it's obvious here at the Boiler Express podcast we got a lot of big brains. I'm not one of them. So like my tagline tagline is. Boilers by a billion every time. Every time I score or every time I guess the score, I get it wrong. Not even close. So my go-to is always boilers by a billion. Russ, what you got, pal? So wait, you think you're going to win by a billion points? Yeah. Every you got, I'm going to hold you to a score prediction. You got to give you got to give me a number here. Let's do um, shoot uh, thirty-one to twenty-one Purdue. Okay. Okay, that that's a little more palatable than a billion. Yeah, I mean, you never know. You never <laughs> know. If if we could score a billion, if if you guys just don't show up, I mean, then we have a chance to, to do a that's billion. True. You never know. You never know. Russ, what do you got? Yeah, so I think uh, I think our offense is is pretty similar. It just might be a little spread out more for the run game. Um, so I see Mockby getting in the end zone again a time or two, but I see Card still doing his thing and getting getting one or two touchdowns as well. So I'm I'm gonna say. Also, that our special teams gets its first field goal this season, and we make that the difference, and it's 31-28 Boilers. Big brain, Frank. Yeah, I mean, so when looking at Grant Wells last season, 25% pressure to sack percentage. Um, I think Purdue gets in in the backfield and causes some havoc for him. Um, I'm going to guess 24-21 Purdue. Purdue gets their offense figured out. Uh, Secondary cleans things up a little bit, and they um, force three to four sacks. Purdue does. Did you, you give a, a did you, you, did you, you give a score? 24-21. <laughs> uh, did I not say that? Sorry. Sorry. You said it. Yeah. yeah. You probably okay. said it and I missed it. That's it for the game. I'm excited to talk about you guys getting to Blacksburg. As far as uh, I'm just going to give you guys a couple of if for any Purdue people listening, uh, anybody making the trip, number one, first and foremost, is a great place to watch a game. I like to think that we're a, a loving and accepting fan base. Uh, not a lot of jerks in the Virginia Tech, uh, in the Virginia Tech space. So Excited for you guys to check it out. 
Ed, let's just run down the 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 list here. We'll start with eating. Um, look, after the game, it's going to be like four thirty. Okay, if you can get to the cellar, the cellar is conveniently located right by all the bars you're going to want to go to. Fantastic food. You can get pizza. You can get Greek food. You can get pasta. You can get whatever you want. Downstairs, there's a place. Uh, there's a bar underground. It's called what is the place called? Ed, that's that's downstairs. Is it just the cellar basement? I guess it's just the cellar basement. I think it's really right. That is why it's called the cellar. Yeah, that the the, the actual cellar of the cellar is We're downstairs. Just hard time. <laughs> Get yourself. You're right. You're right. Get yourself some food and then you go downstairs. You can do the luck of the draw. I think it's a dollar, and they just give you a beer. They don't tell you what it is. Sometimes you get a stout and that really sucks because you're full and you don't you don't really want all of that. But uh, maybe they have some pumpkin stuff mixed in there. Who knows? Um, Ed, is there anywhere else that you would suggest to go to eat? I mean, I went to the cellar last week right before the game. So that was kind of my go to as always. But um, in terms of places that, you know, if you're only going to go spot while you're in town in general, it would be Tots. I know Billy's going to go to drinks in a second, but Tots these days also has really good food that comes from bots right underneath tots. So if you like barbecue, barbecue, they have uh, they actually have really good food these days. So you can knock it all out in one. If, if, if you only have time to go to one spot, I would say tots. You're speaking tots, our language. Yeah. Tots we should have started with this, with this part of the podcast right here. That's what <laughs> yeah, we man. started. Yeah. Tots is short for top of the stairs. Bots is short for bottom of the stairs. Um, so that's, that's, that's the move for food, for drinks. Um, the only other one I would say I'm from New Jersey. I do have a very uh, specific palate when it comes to pizza. But if you are coming to Virginia Tech, there is a place called Benny's, which has literally the biggest pizza you've ever seen. It's 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 literally like this big per slice. So head on over there. It's a gr- it's it's fantastic. I've had a lot of beers, and I just really want some grease and some cheese in my life. It's fantastic. It's also available in the stadium. Benny's so, with uh, a B, right? Not like that re- that breakfast place, right? <laughs> Right, right. Yes. Yes, Grandpa, with a B. <laughs> Turn up the hearing aid, Russ. Come um, on. So are you saying that this pizza, is it bigger than an Indiana t- pork tenderloin? I've never had an Indiana pork tenderloin. I can't. Never I can't. had a – okay, so if you guys ever find yourselves in Indiana for some reason, maybe you guys are playing the Boilermakers again in a few years, you've got to get uh, – it doesn't matter where you go either. Um you gotta go. You gotta get a pork tenderloin. It's probably probably from some dive bar is like the best place to get it. But it's literally like a pork tenderloin. Is this is the size of it? And then it's like here's the bun, and it's that's amazing. Exactly. And you can probably eat on it for like a week. Um, but that's like a th- that's like a joke in Indiana is like the the ridiculous size of the pork tenderloin. So I thought that was gonna hit a lot better than it than it did. So I apologize <laughs> to everybody listening and watching at home. Um, Thomas Train, shout out to you for being a train. Um, it's yeah, got to be a Purdue guy, right? Huh? <laughs> with with a name like that, what are we doing? It's got to be. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's going to be a couple honorable mentions for you. Uh, McAdoo's, it's a little further away from campus. They have great wings. Sharky's, you're probably not going to have a chance to get in there and get the, and get food before it gets crazy. But what um, if we tell them we know you? Will that get us from maybe? Home? Maybe Sharky's is a uh, is a is a friend of the podcast. They do uh, they sponsor our Sharky's shoutouts uh, segment. So oh, there um, we go. Thank no we promises, no promises, but they do have fantastic wings. I am a uh, I am I am a buyer of the wings over at Sharky's. Uh, as far as drinks are concerned, I got you. I got you covered. First and foremost, 
sponsor of the podcast. PBR is available only at Lane Stadium. It is the only stadium in America that serves PBR. It's available at Benny's. So uh, that's over on the Purdue sideline by about the on the opposite side of the student section at around the 10 yard line. If you're kind of measuring it out um, so you can get your pizza, you can get your beer. Um, very, very reasonable. I said this last at last game. The prices for food is very reasonable. I went up and I got a chicken tender platter. It came with chicken tenders, chips. I got a beer and I got a, a popcorn. It was like 21 bucks. So the prices are not crazy. There's no, no you know, it's not, a, it's not nuts. You don't have to take out a second mortgage to, to go get some food uh, at Lane Stadium. As far as drinks are concerned before and after the game, I'm giving you guys four stops. Okay. And I'm going to follow up and I hope that you guys have hit all four. Number one, Sharky's. Sharky's is fantastic. It's right next to the cellar. Get yourself a Long Island iced tea. That's their signature drink. But I want you to ask them to put some Sprite in it. Long Island iced tea with Sprite. It's fantastic. You need about three of them to get to where you want to go. Uh, Tots has the rail. It's the most famous drink in Blacksburg. You need about one and a half of them to get to where you want to go. It has everything yeah, in it uh, you're 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 forgetting that you're like an abnormally large human you need one <laughs> yeah okay not everybody yeah, also played, also large human good yeah we're some big not everybody played yeah. football in college not everybody was a lineman in college most people need one that's true that's true uh one of my favorite and most underrated places to uh to grab a drink as well these are all very close like you can walk to each one of these places in about four minutes so i'm not telling you to go over here go over there go over there it's all it's all very centralized um, then there's river mill river mill is a, uh, kind of like an Irish pub. It's, it, it very much toes the line between townie and, uh, and student bar. You get both vibes. Um, but go over there and get a, uh, get a river bomb. It's just an Irish car bomb. They're fantastic. They sell thousands of them on St. Patrick's day. Great place. I literally go in there get a car bomb and leave that that's, that's kind of, that that's, that's what I do. Uh, and then the last one is hokey house. You can do the orange effect. You can do the maroon effect. Uh, if you're into this kind of thing, cigarettes inside, it's the one place in Blacksburg where they do that. Uh, they have an upstairs, they have a downstairs, they got karaoke, huge bar, great spot, a lot of cool memorabilia up there in the Hokie house. So um, that's my drink report card. Ed, am I, am I missing anywhere? Is there anywhere else they need to go for a drink? They have this new bar. Shout out to our old bar, Big Al's. It's where I always used to go. I loved Big Al's. Um, but Big Al's has transitioned into a place called El Centro. I refuse to not recognize that, so I call it Big Alejandro's. Uh, you can go up there and you can get tacos. You can get all that kind of stuff. Um, so those are all good spots. I would say Sharky's gets really crowded. Tots has an extremely long line. So if you're looking to get in somewhere and post up, get to Tots or go to Sharky's first, then I go to uh, I go to Tots after that. Uh, you shouldn't have a problem at River Mill and Hokie House. You probably shouldn't have a problem there either. But the Tots line will literally be – if you don't time it right, it'll be a 15 or 20 minute wait in line. And there's going to be. Tots, I think if they go to Tots before the game, they'll have a shot. We went before the game the other day and it was fine. Yeah. If you go before the game, you have no, you have no problem. Of course, they'll also Campbell, be like 10 30 in the morning. So, you know. Tyler Campbell makes a great point. You could just tailgate. Great tailgate scene in Blacksburg, Virginia. Um, we'll text you guys a place to go to tailgate on game day, but you can't really go wrong everywhere around the stadium. You can walk around. People are super nice. Great spots to, to bounce around at. In terms of sights to see, Ed, I'll let you, I'll let you start this one. What would you, what would your, you're bringing someone to town their first time in Blacksburg. Where, where are you taking them? 
I don't know. I always like just walking around downtown, which is where all the places you said are located. So after the game, definitely walk around downtown. But I guess if you uh, so if you find someone to give you a good little tour guide, um, there's a way to walk from the stadium to downtown where you can kind of walk through the campus and see the drill field and see the pylons. Um, just kind of get a general feel for uh, yes, see Tyler Campbell. Shout out Pat Finn. Um, That's the guy you need to give the campus tour on, Pat Finn, who's not here yes. tonight. He does yes. the famous uh, – he has that backwards walk and talk and point thing, him and his dad. So that's uh, – if you, if you run into Pat Finn, he's he's your man for a campus tour. But, yeah, I mean, if you have a chance to walk through campus, it's a really pretty campus. It's kind of unique, um, I feel like. But uh, just walk through the campus, see the drill field, the pylons, and then uh, my favorite part of Blacksburg in general is the downtown area. So definitely you, you guys will find your way down there, I have no doubt. As far as like beautiful, beautiful buildings, if you guys are into architecture, um, Burris Hall, absolutely beautiful, um, kind of the middle of campus. There's a drill field that separates where students live and then where they go to study. Um, so it's all very centralized. Across from Burris Hall is where the 416 Memorial is. Um, that's always something if you're going for the first time, check that out. Um, and then the pylons are really cool. Uh, great view of the drill field and overall campus. All the things we're talking about, by the way, are like a 10-minute a walk from each other. Yeah, so, I was going to say, everything Billy just said is with, within probably eight minutes of the downtown area. So. Right. You, all the Purdue folks are probably like, dude, I'm not – I don't have my segue. I can't – I can't. No, I can't it's, it's not even a mile. Yeah, not even a mile. Any, um, any questions from, from, uh, from the uh, folks in here from Purdue or uh, watching on the live stream? Any, any questions, anything that we didn't cover that you guys want to get done? The game day environment is going to be like any, unlike anything you've ever, you've ever seen. I know the, the Big Ten has awesome, awesome, awesome traditions, um, but uh, completely expecting a sellout crowd. It's an orange effect. I'm interested to see – everybody's interested to see what uniforms the tech breaks out. We rarely, rarely wear orange. And – we rarely, rarely win in orange as well. Um, that's that's one of the come on orange, come on, yeah, let's go, problem. let's go orange. <laughs> yeah, so we've got the uh, orange background right now. Like, let's yeah. go. <laughs> it is it is an orange effect this week. So, um, any questions? Anything we didn't cover? Um, just for like Purdue fans and uh, just background in general on your program. I know you guys have a second year coach. Um, you're feeling a little bit better this year. What's like the trajectory of your program? Like, where are you guys? What are you guys expecting this year? What's What do you guys think the bar is for your program this year and maybe moving forward? Sure. Um, so long, long, up and down, mostly down towards the end of the tenure with our previous coach. Um, and we brought in Coach Brent Pry from Penn State. He was a defensive coordinator there. Um, really rough year last year. I don't think that you can really draw any conclusions to um, his ability to coach or whether he's a good fit or not. He is a fantastic, fantastic culture fit for Virginia Tech. He was um, he was in a, a GA back when Virginia Tech went to the national championship in 1999. Um, fantastic behind the microphone, fantastic at the podium. Uh, really, really young coaching staff. Uh, Chris Marv, I personally think is going to be an absolute superstar. Uh, he played linebacker for Coach Pry at Vanderbilt. Coach Tyler Bowen, he was the tight ends coach at Jacksonville under Urban Meyer. Uh, he was the uh, interim offense coordinator at Penn State. And the big difference is there was a cultural change that had to happen, and there was a, um athleticism gap that had to be filled last year. The team was had zero 
I don't want to say zero. That's disrespectful. The team had very, very little talent last year. Um, and that reflected, but tech was close in a lot of football games that they played last year. Um, very close to beating NC state who was ranked at the time at NC state. They lost the game by one point, uh, lost Georgia tech by one point. They played really well against Pittsburgh. If Israel and Abanacanda wasn't on the team, um, might have won that game, but he rushed for like 500 yards against us. The vibe around the program, very positive. Needed to win the game last week. We did. I think the bar for Virginia Tech this year, it, I think the bar is go to a bowl game. That's kind of what everybody is kind of focused on right now. Um, have a solid, solid recruiting class getting back in the footprint of the state of Virginia. Um so that's kind of the vibe right now. Everybody loves Coach Pry. Everybody loves the offseason that we've had. The offseason was a A-plus by, by all standards. Um, so I think, uh, I think that's our goal is to, get to, is, is to get to six wins, and that would be a step in the right direction for the program. I want to ask you guys the same question, but I did not highlight something that I can't believe I forgot. And thank you so much, Les Hodges, for, for bringing this up in the comments. <laughs> Center Street – is unlike anything you have ever seen. Center Street is a wooded area behind the stadium. And I don't go because I had been a couple of times and it's primarily students, but it is absolute pandemonium. Uh, Barstool Sports has come out and said that it's one of the best tailgating environments in college football. Every single student is back there and drinking from nine o'clock in the morning until it's time to go to the game. And then they walk through the woods to where the students go in. So if you guys get a chance, head on over to center street. It's unbelievable. I mean, there's, there's DJs there. There are these bamboo trees that kids will snap off and they'll wave them in the air. I mean, it's, I'll send you guys some videos of it. It's, it's definitely venture over there and see it. Um, look, I don't know if they do this at Purdue, but Virginia tech students, hopefully over the age of 21 are doing this new thing. You're going to see students carrying around gallons of water and continue. And, and I went up to a student last year and I said, what is the deal with this, with this gallon of water? And they said, Oh, it's, it's a Borg I said, Oh, what is that? So what they do is they take a gallon of water, they put Mio into it. And then they also put vodka in it. And it's called um, the name of a Borg is a blackout rage gallon. Hopefully nobody is doing that, but that is what you will see. So if you see students walking around with gallons of water that is Boy. colored, that is they're not hydrating. That's they're not well. Well, no, because if you ask the students, they say, "Well, it's a gallon of water. You just pour half of it out." I don't know if that's how it works out. I know you guys are kind of analytical, um, but that's um, that's what they do. So, so I guess you could say that this game will be in Blacksburg, Virginia. <laughs> yes. Nailed yeah. it. Nailed the game, it, the game will be in Blacksport. Thank All you right, so I'll much, Les, for bringing that up. Um, that was uh, that was a huge miss on uh, on my uh, on my part. Ed, am I miss am I missing anything from tailgate? I can't believe you forgot Center Street. I was just gonna say you sounded so old when you pulled that student aside this weekend before the game and said, "Excuse me, young man, what are you drinking?" Hello, fellow kids. That's what. Yeah, they, uh, yes, this, definitely. This definitely walking, talking to you like you're 90 years old. It was hysterical. <laughs> well, they're they're all walking around with their gallons of water. I mean, I was like, "What are these?" And they all name them. They all have a name on. They yes. write it on there, like what you know, what their name of their drink is. Yeah, it's it's, it's out of control. Now, uh, yeah, Center Street's one of a kind, and um, it's kind of out of the way of everything else we told you to go to. But if you do find yourself over there and you hear a lot of loud music, 
uh, just peek over and see what's going on. Um, when I was a student there, I think it was 2018, I think it was Notre Dame was coming to town and our fraternity, every fraternity has a house there basically that just gets passed down year after year after year. Um, so everybody has kind of their spot and our spot that one game halfway taken up by uh, Dave Portnoy and I think Big Cat was there and Pat McAfee at the time was still at Barstool and they did their their pregame show right in front of our fraternity on Center Street. It was out of control. Portnoy shotgunning beers with kids. It was hysterical. <laughs> I think Tyler Campbell named it, uh, nailed it. Center Street is the city of Miami packed within a one square kilometer. It's Project yeah. X in real life. Literally look it up on YouTube. That's that is exactly what it is. Um, I'll ask you all the same question. What is the vibe check on Purdue? What are y'all's expectations? Um, what are you hoping for out of this season and uh, into the future? Coach Walters is the coolest dude to ever live, to ever at least come to Purdue. The guy's just he, – yeah, he's he, made Purdue cool. He's just such a cool guy. He's a, he's a level of cool I'll never reach. But yeah, He's just – he's brought such a, uh, a great vibe to the program, and uh, I think he's doing a great job. You know, first game, you lose, whatever. It happens. Um, but yeah, I think we're all big. Uh, we're a big Coach Walters podcast for sure. You guys are very well. Um, sometimes I wish our fan base was like this. I, I have never, I don't think in my entirety of, you know, I think we're a pretty well-mannered fan base, but y'all must really love this dude because your your vibe on the San Jose State thing is just like, hey, look, lost the game. Well, this, you know, is the right, this is the right approach. Well, I wish we've on. seen a lot of disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've had a lot of bad times. <laughs> and that's actually, you know, that, that you bring up, that's kind of what brought this podcast together is we were kind of tired of the negativity within the Purdue fan base because it, it like, it can drag you in and, oh, and just yeah. suck you in and just make life miserable. Um, I mean, it got obviously got really bad between 2012 and 2015. Um, but that was one of the main things that we did. And, and it's definitely not like, that's not the, I would say consensus amongst Purdue fans. I'd say it's pretty 50, 50. Um, so I actually was supposed to go to the game with Dylan this past week and he wasn't able to go. Um, so I went with my dad and the fans around us were like, well, selling my season tickets, like after one <laughs> bad play or, you know, just the old guys who've been going, who've been sitting in the same spot for yeah, 20 my years. Seats, and my seats are all around the old, the old, you know, alums who, if one thing goes wrong, they're like, well, I'm spending my millions towards this, getting away the hell out of here. Yeah. So that, dude, that's where, yeah. Dude was walking around after the game. He's like, well, does anybody want free season tickets? Free season tickets? <laughs> this guy's dramatic. coaching like Daryl Hazel out there. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So since we're not on our streaming platform, I'll bring it up here to hopefully not make anybody mad on the Purdue side. But we have at Purdue what's called the John Purdue Club. And they have this special section of seats at both Mackey and at ross Aid, where we play football and basketball. And the stadium itself was like 90% full. But the little section that's like the John Purdue Club, that's like the old boosters and the people that like help fund the scholarships, whatever. The rich people. It was like only 10% full. Because they're just there. We got this young coach that only cares about TikTok. And, you know, we're, we're going to lose the Fresno State. We're a trash program. I can't believe we've we've set ourselves back. This was Russ years. whenever he got hired, actually. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Russ, you're talking about your own people. <laughs> so, so, yeah, there's definitely like multiple sides of the Purdue fan base. Um, it just kind of depends on what social media site you bring up and, and what group you get into. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. We're very much cut from the same cloth. And I'm actually, this reminded me to mention something. So we had David Wilson on our podcast. You may remember him. He was the back flipping Virginia tech running back. And uh, when we interviewed him, 
uh, I asked him kind of about like, you know, what's his motto for life? And he's like, find the good. Everybody wants to talk about the bad, find the good. Uh, and that reminds me that this week they'll be honoring the hall of fame inductees for uh, Virginia tech athletics. So uh, David Wilson is going in. Uh, he'll be in town uh, for this football game. Kyle Fuller will be going into the hall of fame as well along with Malcolm Delaney, Bob Bowman, Jasmine Reeves, Alexander Ziegler, and Carrie Mason. Um, so they're all going to be honored at halftime, I believe, of, uh, of this football game. But I, I would say do not miss this. The last time David Wilson went on the field, which was last year, he did like eight backflips in the middle of the field um, wearing a Burberry suit. It was, it was, it was pretty incredible. That's so make sure, make sure, make sure you don't miss out on that. Um, did we miss anything? I think we hit. I, think we I have, hit I have one more question about game day in particular. Sure. Um, you know, one of the things we're most excited about is inner Sandman. How far in advance to kick off would you suggest we be in our seats to make sure we get to see all the, the pregame stuff? So I'll tell you, I, I go in about an hour and 10 minutes before kickoff. Sure. Um, there is, there is nothing, nothing like, there's nothing like it. Um, I would say if you want to see everything, go in no later than 30 minutes would you say ed like 30 40 minutes before before kickoff um you're going to get the marching virginians you're going to get um to see the team run back in before enter sandman and then run back out for sandman um it's 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 unbelievable it's it's one of the it's it's there's nothing like it i would say go in about 30 to 40 minutes before kickoff um, is there anything else from a pregame festivity thing that's worth seeing, Ed? I mean, we do shout in the third quarter. Oh, oh we do shout yeah. too, and we hate it. At least this month, yeah. I can't. Speak I, I haven't. I haven't loved it recently because the volume to me is not nearly loud enough. There's a very our fan base is very. I'm gonna I'm gonna brag on our fan base. Our fan base is very intelligent and very uh, engaged. One thing that we do, a couple, I guess some game day traditions that we haven't talked about. On third down, everybody takes their keys out and they shake their keys. So it's literally like, you can hear it. The whole the whole stadium does it. That's one tradition that they have. Uh, whenever it's so there's funny. I feel like Virginia Tech and Purdue are like just like mirror images because we do that on kickoffs. We get our keys out and shake them and everything and oh, okay. tennis shoes and stuff like that. But do they yell you guys Virginia don't, you guys sucks probably on don't, kickoff? Yeah, I was going to say, do you guys yell Virginia sucks on kickoff? Because we do that every no, single kickoff. No, they do the, the we do the prototypical. Whoa, we do that thing. <laughs> um, we do that. Um, what was that? Whoa, they do that when the ball gets kicked. Sounds uh, sounds um, a little spooky. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> we're gonna we do have this thing that you're gonna hear this whenever Tech gets the ball inside the five yard line. You're gonna hear it very subtly. It's about thirty percent of the fan base because that's the only percent of the fan. Maybe it's a little more than that. That remembers when this was a thing. There used to be this drum riff that's epic, and it's called "Stick It In," and it's uh, you'll hear when the ball gets inside the five yard line, you're gonna hear the fan base is going "Stick It In," "Stick It In." What happened was years ago, this was happening on television on ESPN, and one of the band members made an inappropriate gesture with a flute or a clarinet or something, and they didn't play it for like like twenty <laughs> years. Like it's nothing like neck. It's not even close to as bad as Neck is at LSU. And I think LSU should play Neck. And the only time they brought it back was in 2019, the six-overtime game versus North Carolina. They played Stick It In, 
right before, right in the third quarter before a touchdown, I believe. And then they played it right before we scored the walk off game when he touched down six overtimes. I almost floated out of my body. It was a, it was a, <laughs> it was an unbelievable experience. Go, go look that up. Stick it in from Virginia Tech, um, which is really, really cool. Um, on the, I'm sure some more will come to me. I do want to uh, highlight some of these others that have to come in. This was not covered and it should have been. We have, I believe, two players that will be missing the first half of this game. Uh, Ed, is it Feldarius Payne and Jalen Stroman who both got penalties in the second half? We had six targeting reviews in week one. Six. We had a lot of reviews. We didn't get targeting, but we had a ton of like, oh, we're going to check what this flag was all about. And then they would go mm-hmm. back and be like, oh, psych, no foul, no foul on the play. Do you remember it? I, I think Jalen Stroman is definitely out for the second half and Feldarius Payne might be as well. Uh, if not both of them, one of those two players are going to miss the first half. Um, pre-game as well, they go outsiders by uh the chief and they play johnny cash which is really good it's it's all it's all it's a it's an amazing production um trying to think if there's anything else um and any other traditions that we're missing no and to answer just the original question i would say probably start making your way in an hour before just so you have time yeah, I was gonna say an hour, but I didn't want to. I didn't want you guys to think I'm weird. I, I, I would suggest going in an hour before. Uh, the I love it. pregame stuff. The I like to get there. I watch warm ups, all that good stuff. So you guys are I'm coming a long way. Yeah, mm-hmm. you guys are coming the a long way. At like ten thirty on uh, at Purdue for like the general public, and I was the. I think I was the second person to walk into the stadium from like my gate. So I'm all about getting there early. Awesome. Well, guys, we will uh, we will absolutely try to connect on game day. One of the last things that I would love to get the Purdue fan base involved in um, section five is on the Purdue side of the uh, of the stadium. If this is up to you, maybe you don't want to participate in this. If Virginia Tech wins, our photographer comes over and takes a picture of everybody that is sitting in section five. Would love to have you guys in the picture. Um, It would be with a with a hokey win, but. Um, we try to pack out that group and um, would love to see you guys over there and definitely get you guys over for uh, for some tailgating. Will you come over to our section and take a picture with us if we win? I'll do that. Yeah. Okay. If you cool. win, I'll come we'll over and take a picture. We'll come over to you guys if you win. You guys come over to us if we win. Yes. La- oh, one fair. more. Two, two more things because the comments just keep coming in. We used to play the Hokey Pokey. I remember my dad and I visited when I was a recruit. And my dad looked at me and he was like, look, I love Virginia Tech. If you guys want to be a serious program, you need to stop doing this. Um, and we stopped. I, I don't think we st- I don't think we do the hokey pokey anymore. That's probably going to get me in trouble with Virginia Tech fans. I don't think you should do the hokey pokey at football games. That sounds much more like a, uh, a badminton um, kind of kind of thing to do. Um, no offense to anybody that loves the that loves the hokey pokey. The cell phone service used to be absolutely horrible at Virginia Tech. It's much better. Um you can send texts. You can make calls. Tweeting is a little bit, a little bit difficult. So, uh, and King Leo, I am not a Purdue fan. Ed is not a Purdue fan, but our other four friends here are Purdue fans. I have no problems with Purdue. I really how is don't. Thomas, how is Thomas Train not a Purdue fan? That's what yeah. I, I was gonna say. I feel like he's missing out here. If that is his real did. name, impressive. I guess we did do the hokey pokey last week. Damn. Yeah, we did. Did it yeah. twice. Whew. I don't think we did. I mean, didn't uh, Georgia and Liz lead it once? 
the hokey pokey no they led the let's go hokies no so now is it something go. that they do like do they start it on like a big jumbotron and everybody gets oh, in no, the entire like somebody band. in the crowd is just like no the entire the entire band is on the field and you you got the tuba guy who's going like da-na, 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 da-na. it's it's a fun jovial thing i just don't yeah think, i don't think it's a fo- i don't think it's a football thing um it's not great it's not great it's not great um thomas train i guess he's a tech fan he said he was in section five so um, thomas man you can there, you can always be a purdue fan i mean you've got the name for it you've got the last name for it um we'll accept you with open arms tyler campbell says he stopped doing the hokey pokey because my therapist said i needed to turn myself around <laughs> michael ryan says he will for sure go for the section five for pit these guys don't care about pit but i'm looking forward to seeing you mike ryan um any basketball prognotications? I don't know what that means. That's a big word. What are y'all's opinions <laughs> on uh, Purdue basketball coming up? You guys have any have any thoughts? Any closing thoughts on Purdue basketball? Zach Eady's yeah, coming on his revenge tour. That's he's still there. Yeah, he can come back for ten next year too if he wanted to, but uh, if he wants to, but he's uh, he comes Out back this year. Reigning, defending national player of the year. Zach, I'm so over this look, and and I'm glad that I'm I'm glad that our student athletes are able to do it. But this this whole 26 year olds playing playing football and basketball thing is just driving me. This I COVID saw Virginia's punter is like 35. Yeah, I saw that story today. Wait, yeah. Virginia Tech punter? No, oh, Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. No, he was. Yeah, but that's different. This isn't a COVID guy. This is a guy who went into the military and went back to college. Uh, like, see, I, I like, just called the Very similar. Man. Very similar to like Brandon Whedon at Oklahoma State. I got. Purdue you. had a guy that played baseball professionally, uh, and then came. It was during the Hazel era. He like played baseball at Seattle, and then he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna play football now." Um, yeah, he was a receiver. He was like, I forget his name, but he did, he didn't really play much, but he was on the no, team. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's pretty gritty. It's pretty gritty, fellas. This has been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed this. Um, I will hit you guys up for tailgate stuff. If you guys think of any other questions or you guys get any question submissions for uh, your fan base, feel free to shoot them over and we're happy. I hope you guys have an awesome time. It's a great place to watch football. It's a huge game for both programs and looking forward. Uh, I think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be, an, I think it's going to be a fun game. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us on. It was a blast. No doubt. Make sure you all check out the Boiler Express podcast, Sons of Saturday, on the Virginia Tech side of things, and we will see you guys on Saturday. Reach out to you and say.